Hi! That's Lindsay. And that's Kayla. And we're two friends who share a love for reading that we want to share with you. So, so let's, let's talk, talk about, about books, books, baby! Watch the video. Okay. Madison should be the drunkest, but it's gonna be Ellie. It's either me or Ellie is getting fucked up tonight, and I'm Mina. I'm Haley, and I think Ellie's gonna get the most fucked up just based off of every other event. She's always the most fucked up, so. Hi, I'm Reagan, and I think Ellie is gonna be the drunkest because she's this small and she's a lightweight, and yep. My name is Ellie, and I'm gonna be the drunkest. Okay, but hold on. Lightweight, why are they all, why do they all, like, look the same? Are they all, they look like they're all sisters. They all least. do look very similar. Yeah. Like, and they're all wearing, they're all wearing jeans and a black tank top. It must have been, like, the dress code or something. I found this video at, like, I don't know. I think I watched it last night or or I think I found it this morning at, like, 6 a.m., like, right when yeah. I woke up. And I laughed so hard i've never laughed that hard in my my entire life yeah and so i sent it to um i sent it well i sent it to you i sent it to my sister and uh my friend who lives in colorado i sent it to them yeah and then i i sent it to my friend who lives in england i was like everyone has to see this video because i could not contain my laughter um so yeah that is so freaking funny with the cowboy hat (laughs) so funny oh my god (laughs) sorry i gotta stop thinking about it anyways (laughs) how are you lynn i'm good how are you oh i'm great i'm doing so swell after that so swell that laughed oh oh my god laughed why okay i've been noticing i add t's to the end of words that should not have a T and right, I think ever. that it has some ever. Yeah. But I, I am wondering if it has anything to do with my favorite murder because freaking Georgia is always saying addict. Addict. Talking about an addict. I know. I, know. <laughs> I say that too though. I've always said addict meaning addict. 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 Yeah. I don't I, say that. It's so, I mean, I think I said it when I was younger but yeah. then when I got older, I was like, oh, I guess that's not it. Okay, that's cool. And then I never, th- I never adjusted. You never I adjusted. stayed. Yeah, I never adjusted. That's okay. You know what? There's things that none of us will ever go out of, like in terms yeah. of our childhood. And one of those things is Harry Potter. It's Harry Potter. Oh, oh God. So uh, prefacing both our Harry Potter conversations, because we're doing two parts. Today is our first episode, and next week is our second episode on Harry Potter. But to just preface them both, I grew up in a very conservative Christian house, and I was not allowed to read Harry Potter. And so I snuck them from the library because we would get so many books from the library because we were also homeschooled. Um, and I would just like slide the book under and no one would know and I'd hide it under my bed and I would read them all and so I don't think I read them all until the last one had come out so we were already beyond you know them already being released Mm -hmm. and yeah because I was like I was like 11 or 12 years old when I had read them so okay um it took it took a while for me to get into them 
based on the way that I had to sneak them. Uh, and then, of course, I couldn't really watch the movies, um, you know, without my parents knowing. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then just, like, one day, I think I was, like, 17 or 18, I went and, like, bought the movies at Target, sat down and watched them. And my dad was like, oh, these are these are great movies. And I was like, that's Harry Potter, Dad, that you kept me from watching all these years. <laughs> so... Thanks, Dad. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. So my uh, love for Harry Potter started in the fourth grade. And so my fourth grade teacher, Miss Neitzel, she's since married, so her name's not Neitzel anymore. But Miss Neitzel, she was obsessed with Harry Potter. Like, she loved Harry Potter. Yeah. And so she worked it out with our elementary school that we were going to have a field trip to go see the movie and it was the day it came out the oh first day so it yeah. was not midnight showing but it was the first morning it had been out our entire class went to see it I think my mom came with me if I remember correctly and yeah it was just so much fun so that was my first run-in with Harry Potter I wasn't much of a reader when I was a kid um yeah. I really wasn't so I didn't really get into reading until I was in high school and I think by that point like I went to go try and read Harry Potter, the first one, and it was written for a child. Like oh, to me, 100%. to me, it's yeah. so written for a child. So I was like, all right, like not my cup of tea. But like the movies I loved, and my sister, she actually read the books to me when I was young, oh, too. Yeah. So it's like I never, I just didn't read them much on my own. But I did get through the first three books. I have every intention of reading the rest of them. I just haven't had a chance to. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously they're lengthy and I had just reread them again. I read them every reread them every couple of years. And okay. so I had I just reread them not this past July, but the July before that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I would say like the first three books are really geared toward children in terms of the writing style. Yeah. And then it gets heavier, obviously, in terms of content, but also it becomes more of a young adult book mm -hmm. than a children's book. Like, I don't think I would let my eight-year-old read past Definitely. fourth books. Oh, absolutely not. The oh, fourth no. book, yeah. Yeah. In terms of the movies, my sister and my niece and I watched them together up until... I want to say the fourth one. And then we, of course, had to hide, you know, Voldemort from her. Right. Um, and then after that, it was just my sister and I watching them because my niece was still so young and we didn't want to scare her but, yeah. or give her nightmares. Totally. But yeah. it was so well written because what I love is that they grow with you. So it, my niece, she could watch those ones that were more geared toward young children. And when she gets older, she can read the books. I mean, I could give her the first book and she could read it probably now. Right. She's seven, you know, but she can't read the later ones, like you said. And it's because they were written so that you grow with them, right. you know? And I think that that was such a special thing for, for children around that time. It became just a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. And you were able to grow with the movies, grow with the books. So yeah. special. Yeah. Um, I do also want to preface all our talks about Harry Potter. We are not affiliated with J.K. Rowling. 
we're yeah we're not gonna mention her uh, so much it's more it's more the world that harry potter created for us to live in right yeah we can separate what harry potter means to us from the terrible things that the author has said and done since they came out but honestly too i did want to mention like reading it as an adult there are problematic things in the books no way you know that are like not that it wouldn't be obvious but it's like okay she wrote these in the late 90s early 2000s like Mm. clearly everyone is white lavender brown was a black girl and she in the book she's a black girl and once the movie came out she changed her to a white girl in the book and i'm like Mm, and then how do you do that obviously like her comments about oh Hermione was always black you guys just didn't read it right and I'm like no you literally describe her as a white girl you can't just backtrack you can't backtrack and say that Dumbledore is gay when you did not write him as a gay character like I don't take into account her Twitter add-ons like yeah she's just tweeting up a storm and it's like mm, no and then obviously other things so I, I will add on to that by just saying i don't like it when you know they try and go back and say oh well this is what it was I, i'm like no 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 no. it's okay if that's not how it was right like own up to it, it. say oh. that i was wrong for not writing black characters or gay characters or whatever you can't just three or four years later be like you guys are just dumb and you didn't notice. It's like, no, everyone in the world read these books. We would have noticed. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, really, I mean, honestly, throw a black character in there. But, you know, again, I have read the first three books. I loved the first three books. I'm, I'm not giving her flack for that. But, I mean, of course, I, I love it. People of all colors can appreciate it. But I think, you know, representation matters. Right. And I think that... It's okay that she didn't write it to begin with, but the way she backtracks, like, but I I meant to, that's what that character was meant to be. And it's like, no, you would have explicitly stated it because that's how you're supposed to write. You can't just backtrack all the time. All you have to say is, hey, you know, I recognize what I did. And you know what? I should have included some some characters that were not just straight white characters or whatever. Right, right. It's okay to just be like, hey, guess what? I did something and now I'm owning up to it and I'm fixing it. And hey, right. what about the future? How's the future right. looking? Well, nice and, and that's, that's the thing too, is even the books that she's written under a pseudonym, she still writes straight white characters. And so it's like, to me, it's like, you don't mean it, what you're saying. You don't mean to be like, I meant to write black characters or whatever. She writes under a pseudonym? Yeah, Robert Galebraith. She writes, I've told you about, like, mystery stories. Robert Galebraith. Don't buy them. I thought they were good at the time, but we don't want to support her anymore. Like, if you want to read them, I will give you the books that I already paid for. (laughs) Like, we don't want to, like, don't buy them. I don't think they're worth it. Honestly, looking back at the books, they're also slightly problematic as well. To me, it's just, like, proof. That like she wouldn't like my people. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, well, here's the thing. She seems to act all-inclusive, but she hates trans people. She doesn't think trans people deserve rights. And literally, she was talking about all this, and this is why people boycotted her. Yeah. And her next book in the her Robert Galbraith series is about a trans person. And so she was writing this and it's negative. It's a very negative uh, book. And so she was saying all this, trying to get people on her side, obviously before her book was published. 
And it was like, no, like it was bound to happen anyway, because you literally wrote a book that was negative towards trans people. And so I digress. (laughs) (laughs) It, It works me up. To me, it's like, I love the books. I just, I don't want any of my money to go toward her. Like we should not be supporting her. She's given us Harry Potter. And we should should move. Thank you. And let's move on. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I'm not going to read any of her new books. I'm not going to purchase her new books. Harry Potter is all I'm taking from her. Yeah. But you know what? I freaking love Harry Potter and I watch it yearly for holidays. And and why does it feel, why is Harry Potter such a holiday film? I I love to watch them during Christmas time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like December 1st, I'm like, let's pop in Harry Potter. Let's do it. And maybe, you know, this is going off on a ledge here or going on a ledge. I don't know. Anyways, this is me saying, Maybe it's because Christmas is the only holiday that they actually explicitly that's, show. That's true. That is and they true. have such magical Christmas scenes. Right. Like the snow falling like, from the ceiling, the floating candles, the holly and stuff yeah. like that. And then he has a snow owl or an arctic owl, whatever you call it. Oh, my God. Hedwig. R.I.P. Oh, sad. Yeah. Gosh, I love to watch the movies during Christmas time. It's just, it's so good. Probably will be watching them shortly. Okay, one thing I did want to talk about, and this was what I made my name for our recording today, Draco Malfoy forever. (laughs) I don't know if you've noticed lately, but Tom Felton got on TikTok and everybody is just dying because there's this thing called Draco Talk Uh where people post semi-inappropriate videos about Draco Malfoy. Shut up. Yeah. And so it's so funny because he got on TikTok and he saw the videos And he started, like, commenting on them. Not all of them are, like, really inappropriate. But, like, he comments on all the ones that he's mentioned in, basically. And you describe some of them? Yeah, well, so there was one that I remember seeing where this person shows how she takes these silhouette pictures. And she basically takes, like, a sexy silhouette of herself. And then she, like, photoshops a silhouette of Draco so that it looks like he has his hand under her chin. Ooh. She's, like, looking up at him. But she, like, looks like she's naked, too, you know? <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. You stay right there. I'm just okay. muting it right now. I want to see this, though. Yeah, and then some of it is just... Oh, yeah, it's become an official thing. He, like, has a whole thing for Draco. Oh, my God, I'm dying. Um, It's pretty great. Oh, yeah. Oh, this one. I'll send it to you. Hold on. I'll send it to you right now. I think the one I was thinking of, she actually did, like, the Weasley twins. And one of them them was, like, behind her. And one of them was in front of her. It's pretty fucking Oh, my God. Oh, that's so legit. I love her. So, anyway, I wanted to talk about Draco Malfoy because beyond Draco talk and how he is, like, kind of taken over social media lately. I want redemption for Draco. He deserved it over Snape. And I know that that is... That's contro- saying something. Controversial. I don't think... Snape was terrible. Like, Neville was freaking scared of this teacher. I don't care if you were, like, a double agent, a spy on both sides, or whatever. Like, 
Neville was fucking scared of you. You were a terrible person. You treated Harry like shit just because of his father. Like Harry didn't deserve that. So no, I don't think I don't think Snape deserved it all at all. I could I couldn't care less. He was obsessed with Lily and she didn't love him back. Like that's not a good situation. Like I don't it's to me it's not a oh he loved her. Like no, he was being fucking creepy. He Oh my god, you really think so? I true I truly think so. And I don't think he deserved the redemption that he got wow you heard it here first folks i know see i think that lily liked him as a friend i don't think that she she did not love him okay Um, but do you think that she would appreciate the way that he treated her son absolutely not i was i was just about to say that like i don't think she would appreciate how he treated her son i'm sure she could understand it to an extent why he would be upset but i don't think she would be happy about that i think if she found out he was treating her son like that all she would have to do is walk in the room and ask him to be nice and he would do it because he loved her but yeah i definitely think that draco draco definitely deserved a bit more um a bit more redemption than he got because literally he got got none well in in the movie at least there are tiny moments of redemption but then the next movie, he is an asshole again. Right. And that's the thing is J.K. Rowling hated the character of Draco. She did not want to give him anything good. And it's like, mm, you're literally doing your characters a disservice because you care more about Snape, who was a shitty teacher and a shitty person, more so than Draco, who had potential to actually like do some good. You just put him in the bad house And so he must be bad. I hate this whole, like, everyone in Slytherin is bad. And you're a Slytherin. You understand this. Like, not everyone in Slytherin is bad. And, like, even the whole send Slytherin to the dungeons, you know, they can't be around while we do the Battle of Hogwarts. Like, it's so bad in my mind. And Draco deserved so much more. I will say he was an a-hole, though. I will say that. He did have potential. That he did have. But I think that the problem was he was always falling under the spell of his father. Because I don't think he cared about Voldemort one bit. But his father was a Death Eater. His father was sitting there like, you know, Draco, you need to bring our family back from this. I mean, that's a lot for a kid to carry on his shoulders. It really is. But I don't think that it negates, you know, the crap that he put them through. He got them caught when they had Dumbledore's army, when they created Dumbledore's army. He was just an overall terrible person. You know, remember remember in the movie when he kicked Harry in the face and broke his nose? Uh-huh. But he that on purpose in Deathly Hollows. Wait, I don't remember that. I don't remember. Uh, so Harry snuck into the the train car that Draco was in. And oh yeah. He had the yeah. invisibility cloak, and then when everyone was getting off the train, they were like, "You come in, Draco." He's like, "Give me a minute." Right. And then he's and- like, "I hear you, Potter, or whatever." In Draco's defense, though, he had the invisibility. Oh no, he took it off of, of Harry. Yeah, I don't know. To me. Draco wasn't given the opportunities to oh, yeah. do good. He was never set up for success in that way. And so we only see the bad sides of him because that's all J.K. Rowling wrote. Yeah, he never did any good in the books. Right. Except he- for the last, I will say that him walking away from that final showdown, I think that was a good thing that he did. Uh, well, and he didn't identify uh, Harry when they were at um, Malfoy, was it? It was Malfoy, Malfoy Manor. 
Yeah, Malfoy's Manor or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he he knew that it was Harry, and he didn't identify, he didn't identify him. So and and that that's a good thing. thing. Like he did have small moments of redemption. I wish that there would have been a final real moment between Harry and Draco, at least to be like. I still don't like you. Right. But I respect you. Right. Something like yeah, that would have been we, nice. we never get that. No, no. Yeah. But, oh, he's so cute. Yeah, he is. Oh, uh, <laughs> we, we love a bad boy. We do. Bad yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I got out all I wanted to say about Draco and Snape. I don't even want to give Snape the time of day, honestly. Like, so I am so over him. I am so over people, like, defending him. Like, no, he was toxic. He was toxic and so i just ugh. he's a good character but he did not deserve the ending that he got see i feel and at least this is from a perspective of someone who's watching the films and knowing like they've watched the films and not read all the books because i so i can't speak to that but at least from my point of view in terms of the movie yeah. My point of view was that it was a suicide mission. Right. It was always a suicide mission with Snape. Right. He knew he wasn't going to live. For me, at least from my point of view, when I watched that last scene in Deathly Hallows, like Snape's yeah. final scene, yeah. I saw it as, especially the way that Alan Rickman, rest in peace, played it. Yeah. I saw it as he was hurt by Harry's dad and everything, but I don't think he would have treated Harry that poorly if he he didn't think there really were hidden dangers, you know? But it was like, that's the son of the woman you love. Yes, but you have to think about it this way. Okay, this is just a hypothetical situation. It's never happened, you guys. If Hitler came back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Hitler came back, okay. if, you knew, if you knew Hitler was coming and you were like, the only way I can save this girl who I love, that's me, by the way, yeah. is to be mean to her, you would do it. No questions asked. But you would do why, it. why did Snape have to be mean to her? I don't think that that's relevant. Well, yes. Vol- because- Voldemort didn't know that he was being all mean in class. But he's, like, I don't, but he's no. a Slytherin. But he's a Slytherin. So I think that he's okay, more... That just, that just goes back to the whole all Slytherins are evil thing. No, that we no, are no. To, no. No. It goes back to the stereotype. Right. So that J.K. Rowling wrote that she should not have written it that way. But that's, that's, what, I'm, what, I'm, but that's right. what I'm saying is that, look, if I could be a double agent yeah. and, like, play on this stereotype... And be like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm evil. Tell me all your evil plans, please. Yeah. And then somehow save the people I love. I would do it. No questions right. asked. I, I think if, it you goes know, deeper. Like that's, I think, okay, sorry. I think it goes deeper into the whole stereotype that I don't agree with. That I think it created a negative perception of good potentially good characters. We would all love Snape and for what he did you know, for the greater good or whatever, if you will, if he had just been nicer. Because I feel like it was, a lot of it was written as he was supposed to be a red herring. We were supposed to be like, 
he's the bad guy. Like Voldemort who, especially in those first few books before Voldemort comes back, you know, Snape is kind of essentially the bad guy in the day-to-day daily life. You know, they're, they're daily, like the person they have to get through to get through the rest of their life, right? And I guess my point is, it just goes deeper than just his thought process of, oh, I'm going to play into the stereotype. It's like, why did J.K. Rowling have to write such a negative blanket across all Slytherin in the first place? Because then it goes into Draco, too. It's the same thing with Draco. If we just didn't have that negative stereotype attached to being a Slytherin, I think we would have much better characters. That's so funny. I disagree. I I love I love that stereotype. I'm not not that stereotype. It's not that I love the stereotype. But to me, yeah, she did paint them to not necessarily all be bad, but pretty much, you know, like she painted them with bad teeth and like, you know, like sour personalities. Right. And had she ended that with only Gryffindors and Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaws fighting for their school, then I would be like, absolutely. Like there's it looks bad, you know? Yeah. But I think that the last two movies in Harry Potter were a Slytherin retribution story. Because I you have see hold on. Agree. Ah. See, hold on. Hold on. So I see them that way because truly throughout all the movies and stuff, you're like, I don't trust any of them, none of them. But then you have Snape who, you know, he shows Harry his thoughts and Harry sees that this whole time he's been trying to save him. No matter how much he hated Harry's father and stuff like that, he loved Lily and wanted to save Harry and he knew it was going to be a suicide mission. He did it anyways. You have Draco who Harry has been his nemesis the entire series but when he has a chance to save harry he does right and then in that final like showdown you have lucius who is just completely lost his mind he's just off his block and he's just trying to survive he has no redemption there i mean except for him walking away that's it and even then i think he cowers away but then you have narcissa Mm -hmm. who narcissa is she saves harry in that second, like at the end of the movie, okay, when she asks him if Draco is alive. Only for the benefit of her family. Like, I think Lucius and Narcissa, they don't count because they were cowards. They were only looking out oh, for the girl. interests of their families. They are not... No, Narcissa wasn't doing anything for the greater good. She only wanted to know that Draco was alive. She wanted to... If if Harry had said, no, Draco died, she would have been like, it's fucking Harry Potter right here. Like, come kill him. And she only cared about her family. She would never have saved Harry if Draco had still been alive. But how did it benefit her family? Like, how, in that moment, how did it benefit her family? That's because she held, she held on to the hope that her son was still alive. If her son was not still alive, she wanted someone to pay for it and it was going to be Harry. But I think she, she knew that Voldemort was the bad guy in the end. That's why they walked away from the final battle. She didn't want anything to do with him. They walked away because they're cowards and wanted to protect their family. See, I did not see it that way at all. I, didn't see i saw it as narcissa 
this is how I saw it. I saw it as Narcissa being a strong woman walking away with her son. Hold on, don't don't. This is all up. This is opinion. This is okay, opinion. Okay, all right. Okay. This is my opinion. You have your opinion. But what I'm saying is, Narcissa walked away from that final fight. I don't feel like she walked away because she was a coward. I think she was kind, and she she was kind in that moment that uh-huh. Harry told her, "Yes, your son is." alive but even if he had said no if he had said no i think she would have kept harry alive because she would have blamed voldemort she knew voldemort was hold on she knew (laughs) voldemort was using her son as a puppet she could see it and the thing is she walked away from that final fight because to an extent she wanted to preserve her family but she did not want voldemort to be alive i don't think that I think okay, that, but if she didn't want Voldemort to be alive, they should have fought on the good side. The point is that they cowered away from the fight completely. That's this is true. They did, yeah. they did, but the for thing the, is, for even for the, the protection final, for the protection of their family. But even in that final moment, the real, the only real, real fight was like Harry and Voldemort. Yeah. That was like the main fight right there, you know? That's true. That's and true. I just, I just, to me, I just feel like Narcissa was like, we've done enough. Like we've done enough damage. We've done enough. I just don't want to be a part of this world anymore. I don't yeah. want to. And I think she okay. walked away from it. So like for me, especially that last scene is very telling because Narcissa walks away strong, head held high, and walks away. She walks away ahead of her husband. She walks with her son, and she's holding him and guiding him. So right. this whole time, Lucius has been guiding uh, has been guiding Draco. And right. this and time- And Narcissa is f- fed up with him. She's like, yes. yeah. She's like, she's I'm like, over it. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done doing this guy's bidding. I'm done with you using my son as a puppet. I'm done. Draco, let's go. So she walks away strong and self-assured. She holds Draco's hand and she guides him. And that's probably why he's not such an a-hole anymore. And then you have Lucius who is stumbling after them. It's Mm -hmm. all, to me, it's all so symbolic. He's stumbling after them like, oh my God, like what what have I done? And run like the coward that he is. He is absolutely a coward. I think Narcissus is just like, I'm effing done with this. You created all these problems. Yeah. And I'm walking away from you. To me, that's how it was. I mean. Okay. I concede. I, or I don't concede. We just agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Yes. (laughs) It's totally fine. We have, we have strong feelings about the Slytherins and and the books and movies. I, I have a very soft spot for Narcissa and yeah. and it's because I think that this mo- this movie does a great job of of fighting for mothers. Like I think that mothers are just such a um it's beautiful. It's like a beautiful theme through the movie. You know, you yeah. have you have Lily, you have Molly, you have Narcissa. You don't really have Hermione's mom so much, but you have her parents that, you know, end up not like, you know, not they end up not remembering her in the end, which is so right. sad. Yeah. Um she does turn them back though. Later. That's good. Yeah. But I think overall though, Harry should not have named his children after Snape and Dumbledore. Well, like, especially because it's the stupidest name ever. Like, I mean, Albus Severus Potter. Albus that sounds Severus awful. Potter. Okay. How about, some, yeah, how about Arthur Weasley, who acted as a father to him? How about Hagrid, who also acted as a father figure to him? What about Sirius? Sirius? Lupin? Literally anyone there's 
there's such a, a long list of different names that could have been used. And you went with fucking Albus Severus? Nah. Legit. Like, no. And especially because I don't know why you would name him after Dumbledore. Not, not saying that Dumbledore's a bad guy. He's not. But like... Yeah. He well. did he did use Harry as bait. Yeah. He used him as bait his entire life. His entire he was grooming life. him. Yep. Like no. why would you name your I mean, I get yeah. it. Like I get that you really liked Dumbledore and stuff like that. I do get that. But I think out of those two, I would name my kid Severus before I'd name my kid Albus. I but you need, those are the last no. two names on the list. I know, but like yeah. if I had to choose between them, like I'd be right. like, okay, well, the guy who sacrificed his life for me or the guy who groomed me to be slaughtered. Right. That's, yeah, I get I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, I mean, but except Albus, obviously, we do love Dumbledore. Um, it's just that last movie that makes us like, oh, wait, ma- am I supposed to hate him? Yeah, no, I don't care for Dumbledore at all. But maybe we'll get it. I'll get into that next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, guys, we want to know what you think about Slytherins, about Snape about Narcissa and Draco and uh we'll talk about Dumbledore next week so hold on to your hats (laughs) honestly speaking of speaking about like representation mattering mattering uh yeah that that representation matters I think it's actually really nice that we spent this entire episode talking about Slytherins yeah and and how like that's the Mm. one thing that you and I can agree on is that Slytherins are perceived oh yes they were negatively perceived and that's why that's why we're like now it's kind of nice because I always thought that they were you know like why do I have to be a Slytherin and then I'm like actually you know Slytherin's not so bad you know it's really not be a be a goodie in a sea of baddies you know right 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 I feel that um yeah so we want to hear what you guys think about Slytherins and just Harry Potter in general uh Mm -hmm. tune in next week we're gonna talk more about Harry Potter for part two Mm -hmm. yeah let us know once you listen to this let us know what you want to hear about what thoughts you have uh that we maybe didn't touch on um what concepts you want us to discuss uh we'd love to hear it yeah all right we will see you next week Bye. bye don't forget to rate review and subscribe tune in every monday for new episodes that's kayla and that's Lindsay. goodbye